A successful retirement plan begins with assembling the right set of tools. Finding the proper ones for the job will allow you to drill down on your goals and nail down your future. Scott Searles, certified wealth strategist and owner of Skybox Financial Group, constructs retirement plans for clients every day and will share that knowledge and insight with you. It's time to open the retirement toolbox and get to work. Well, it is time for another episode of the Retirement Toolbox. Walter Storholt here alongside Scott Searles. He is your financial advisor, president of Skybox Financial Group here on the show and serving you throughout the greater Cleveland area. Find us online at skyboxfinancialgroup.com. And are you ready to talk retirement and golf on today's show, Scott? It's the perfect time of year for it. Absolutely. Golf season's starting. People are out there hitting the courses. And uh, yeah, I'm excited. How much do you golf in a year? You know, I have to admit that I don't golf nearly that much during sure. the year. I enjoy golf, but golf is one of those things where you have to do it a lot to get good at it, right? Yeah. And because of my schedule between work and the kids and coaching lacrosse and all these, you know, things around the house I'm doing, you know, just don't have a four hour block where I can just kind of go out and golf. So I don't do it a ton. And when I do it, because I don't do it a ton, I get frustrated. And uh, so, yeah, it is one of my, it's on my bucket list, one of my goals for this year to golf more. So a couple of times. That if we do this next year, you know, I, you know. Maybe you'll be reporting back to us that you're. Yeah, I may, I may be, uh, you know, up there at the Tiger Woods level. Who knows? Nice. Well, that's good. Yeah. Well, you've done it enough, at least, that I think you can uh, play along with today's episode. We're going to talk about what yep. golf can teach us about financial planning. And even if you aren't a golfer, I think the lessons will still translate really easily for you. So don't tune away if you uh, if you don't golf. We won't be too heavy into the golf terminology here. We're going to keep things relatively simple. In fact, if you've played putt-putt, mm -hmm. you'll probably have a pretty good sense of the analogies that we're going to make on the show today. You know, uh, speaking of putt-putt. Yeah. Yo, know, have you heard of this new toy going on a side tangent here? But that Tiger Woods has that pop stroke facilities now, and they they feel like maybe you've even mentioned this like years ago. You might have talked about something. This is ringing a bell. Could have been last month. I can't remember. Yeah, who you knows, know what right? I did last month? But anyway, pop stroke is that that's the name pop of it? stroke. Yeah, so it's like top golf for putt putt. But, but, but for putt-putt, so it's like more adult putt-putt, right? Yes. And I can swear I, we've had this conversation before. I think we have now that I started it. Yeah. The only reason I mention that is because I'm going down to Florida in a couple of weeks. And where I stay and, and where I meet clients down there, uh, there's one right there. So I think I may try it this time around, and I'll nice. report back. But, yeah. Uh, Ta yeah. Tampa, Orlando, Sarasota, Fort Myers, and Port St. Lucie. And, yep. and then they also have a few Arizona locations in Glendale and Scottsdale, and they're in Houston, Texas. Yep, so I'll be at Sarasota. You'll be at the Sarasota one. Oh, very cool. Yep. Yeah, yeah, it looks pretty neat. I've, I pulled it up, looking at pictures. Probably when we first talked about it, they may have only had one or two locations. I'm not, I'm not sure. So. Maybe. Maybe. It's, it's still going well. So, All yeah, right. so it's like you can eat. Well, this is their catchphrase, eat, putt, and drink. So, yep. There you go. So, I'm going to check it out. Sounds neat. Pop stroke. Very yeah. cool. Well, check that out and uh, see maybe the lessons we talk about on today's show will retranslate back into the game of golf and you'll have a really good putt putt 
game. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, We'll also answer a question later on from Olivia, and Olivia has kids on the payroll and needs to get them off, but has questions about all that stuff. So we're going to dive into that conversation with her a little bit later on to wrap up today's show. So stay tuned for that as well. Well, let's dive into our golf talk, if you would, uh, here, Scott, um, for your retirement, what golf can teach us about financial planning. And so here's the idea. You know, if you're if you're hitting a hole in one, it might be thrilling, but will that actually help your overall success in the game of golf and in finances? That's just one example of the things that we're going to talk about. So mm-hmm. we're going to see what we can learn about to lead to a successful retirement from the lessons that people have learned in the game of golf many times before. Let's start with that hole-in-one analogy, Scott. Mm-hmm. Always feels exciting, even in putt-putt, to hit that hole-in-one, because it's not even like you're doing that every single time you, right. uh, you take that stroke in putt-putt. It's even more exciting if it's happening in real golf, of course. But uh, it's interesting. Hitting a hole-in-one has actually had pretty limited success in helping somebody win like an overall tournament, right? Right. I mean, I don't think there's been any golfer that's that's gotten a hole-in-one in a tournament that's actually won the tournament. And And that's the same way with financial planning. I mean, people, a lot of times people are trying to, you know, get the hole in one, hit the home run, you know, get that big win. Yes, it's gratifying when it happens, but it also doesn't necessarily translate into success over the length of your plan. So for instance, you know, you you buy a stock and it does really well. And, you know, that could be considered a hole in one, but, you know, does, does that really equate to you you know, having a successful retirement and taking into account everything else that goes into planning? Probably not. So, and a lot of people always hear the get rich quick schemes, right? It's the same type of thing. You know, it's that hole in one. It's like you're watching the TV and you see all these gold commercials, right? Buy the gold, buy the gold, buy the gold, right? We're all, you know, the dollar's going to collapse and we're all going to use gold at the grocery stores, right? So you see all these commercials for people trying to get that big win to get that hole in one, but that may not necessarily be the best course for you. It's a great point. And you mentioned, you know, hitting a hole in one and winning an actual golf tournament. Don't know about all tournaments all across the, the, the board, but in the Masters, now, we're recording this before the 2023 Masters, so I suppose, mm-hmm. hopefully, by the time this releases, Scott, someone hasn't just totally blown this up in our faces. <laughs> <laughs> of course, we'll probably be jinxing this by saying it right now. But in the history of the Masters, there have been 24 hole, holes-in-one ever made during the tournament, and those 24 holes-in-one have been by 24 different golfers. But interestingly, um, a hole-in-one has never been made by the golfer who ended up winning the tournament. So See? To, your, to your point, it does not yeah. guarantee success, even if you hit that big hole-in-one. But, boy, it's fun. Yeah, yeah. I'd like to have one of those hole-in-one contests. I win a car or something, right? That would be cool. I yeah. mean, I think I can even say from my putt-putt experience, I've hit a good number of hole, holes-in-one, but I've never, I, I hardly ever win the actual, um, you know, competition. Like someone else right, always beats right. me because if I'm not getting a hole-in-one, I'm usually then getting frustrated, and there's a couple of holes every time around where I end up taking six, seven, eight shots, and it just totally blows the score up. So, absolutely, absolutely. Same thing happens as people's finances, right? You get that one hole-in-one, yep. but you have eight, eight misses on your stock picks or whatever the case may be, and those just totally eviscerate your plan so well the people that win the tournaments are the consistent players that are just you know they're they're not necessarily getting the holes in one but they're they're consistent 
you know, they're birdieing holes and they're they're getting ahead and they're dropping their score. And you just want to be consistent in your retirement planning. Get that strategy. Look for the little wins. Birdie a few holes, maybe eagle one here and there, right? But you want to be consistent because that's how you're going to win. Albatross. That's what I want to get is an albatross. <laughs> I don't need a hole in one, but I want something better than the eagle. Give me the albatross. <laughs> I don't think that happens very often. No, I don't think so. That's what, three under par, something like that? The, I believe. I think it's the, one, the next one below the eagle. Albatross, yeah, exactly. Yeah, don't, you don't hear that term very often. Uh, let's move on to another analogy between the two. Now, this one doesn't have as much of a putt-putt relation because you typically just have one putter in putt-putt. You're not usually rolling around with a golf bag. In your in your in your putt putt your local putt putt scene, way some people putt putt, but they may need one. That's true. That's true. <laughs> may need a few varieties. Although you might grab two. You know, some people like the longer the longer club, and somebody else might like a little bit of a shorter club. Maybe grab two, feel it out, see how it feels. But let's expand this out more to a normal game of golf. Well, what kind of golfer would you be if you walked around with just two different clubs in your bag? No, you, you can't play an entire round with just a putter or just a driver and expect mm-hmm. to be successfully. You kind of need those additional clubs to help you hit all sorts of different lengths for different terrain, different angles, different bends that you might need in your shot as you get more advanced. So that's why they have irons and woods and wedges and maybe a hybrid club or two when you have a bag full of different types of clubs to mm-hmm. help you accomplish your golfing goal. Uh, what about in retirement or financial planning? Is there a similar ex- ex- exploration on that side of things? Well, I could think to a couple. You know, first of all, you know, having clubs in your bag, you know, you can equate that to a different variety of investments because some of them are needed for different things. Like, for instance, when we structure a retirement income strategy for our clients. Yo, we're going to have some money in cash that is out of the market that would help fund their retirement lifestyle. We're going to have some bonds or structured notes that are going to be a little bit more conservative to generate a little income. And then we're going to have that growth where we're going to have that split up between you know all sorts of different types of, of investments, whether mid cap stocks, small cap stocks, international, you name it. And you're going to have to adjust and change. Maybe pull out one club, bring another one, and modify as as time goes along. So I can think of that correlation. And then also simply the different strategies and tools and products that are out there, which are just countless. You can pull out of your bag you know, a different strategy to apply saying, you know, I, I we should do Roth conversions. That's a strategy. So we can minimize your overall lifetime tax liability and reduce the amount of taxes that your children will pay when they inherit your retirement account. You know, or we could pull out qualified charitable distributions, or we could pull it out, you know, life insurance or whatever's needed, you pull that out of your bag. And that could be a correlation tool because there's so many different things out there. You need, if financial planning was golf, you'd literally have a football field-sized golf bag that you're dragging around everywhere. There's so many tools and investments out there. Yeah, you can get it maybe a little overcomplicated for sure, but kind of nice to just have that nice basket of 
of clubs in your bag, that, that nice grouping. And you start to rely on certain ones, right? You find the ones that work really well for you. You might still be diversified to keep some on the sideline for just in case I need them. But you also might know that, you know, my, my five iron is really my go-to. For whatever reason, mm-hmm. my my four and my six, I, I really struggle with those, but I can really hit my five well. And so right. it becomes kind of a preferred one. But you still have the diversity of the others in case you need them in, in some situation. So Sure. You can see that being the same in a portfolio in terms of diversification, right? Absolutely. All right. Uh, Last comparison here in our golf world and retirement planning worlds colliding, listening to your caddy. You know, some people could play a round of golf without a caddy and and do just fine. But the true professionals, you see, they always have a caddy with them to help them along the way. And what a caddy's doing is making club recommendations. They are pointing out hazards to avoid, talking about distances and wind and angles. And it's just someone to bounce ideas off of and help guide the golfer to a more successful hole, to a more successful round. I can certainly see where this uh, illustration is heading. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think the caddy's role is the caddy knows that course. They've been there before. They've done it countless times. They've gone... They've been on the seventh hole. They know exactly the way the green slopes and where that pin's positioned and where you should hit the ball. And that's the same thing with when you work with somebody to do your retirement planning. They've been there before. They know the things you need to watch out for. They know the different strategies, which clubs to use, which we should pull out. So that's where that correlation is because retirement planning There's so many different ways, so many hazards, I guess, when you equate it to golf. And you need someone along your side that's going to help you avoid those hazards and get the, you know, the best score you possibly can. That's great points all across the board. So listen to that caddy. Make sure you've got a good variety of clubs in your bag. And then also, of course, uh, don't just strive for those holes in one. Good solutions in the golf world. Also, all very helpful advice in the financial planning realm as well. If you want to give Scott some golf tips or talk to him a little bit how he can help you in your retirement plan, give him a call at 888-742-0111 or book a free consultation online at talktoscott.com. That's talktoscott.com. Scott, would you be willing to do any financial planning meetings on the golf course and kind of kill two birds with one stone? Absolutely. And I've done that before in the clubhouse. There you go. Oh, that's perfect. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Do do a round and then do a little financial planning afterward. I like that. Absolutely. We usually do it the other way. We get the planning done first, then we golf. Okay. Yeah, that's kind of a downer of the day to do all the fun stuff first and then get into the boring financials. Let's let's get that gussied up on the front end. Yeah. Yeah, Exactly. That's that's why you're the pro and the expert there, Scott. Appreciate that. (laughs) Listen to the caddy. You got it. All right, so if you want to get in touch with Scott again, you can check the show notes or the description of today's episode and find contact information there very easily. Coming up on the show, we're going to get to know Scott a little bit better. We're talking movies, and then Olivia has a question for us, talking about kids on the payroll. All that coming up right now on the Retirement Toolbox. It's getting to know you time. Here's this episode's question, Scott. If you were going to have a movie produced about your life, who would you choose to play you? Oh, man, that's a good question. My first thought goes to Arnold Schwarzenegger in his 20s and his prime. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I like that. I like that. I, w- I would have to say uh, Matt Damon. 
Because I love those porn identity Matt movies. Matt Damon, okay, yeah. He's kind of a normal dude, you know. You know so I would think yeah, he would be a, a good Scott Searles superhero financial planner. I like that. Yeah, yeah, it's a good pick. Um, yeah. I, I would pick Bradley Cooper. Okay. In, in my thinner good. days when I've got the beard going on and if I wear a hat, I look a lot like Bradley Cooper in the, um, in the American Sniper movie. Yeah. So I like it. I've got, and you I got know, a little bit of that look. You know, Matt Damon might have to get a little fatter and shave his head, but <laughs> I think it would I mean, it's work. Hollywood. We're, we're able to stretch a little bit here, Scott, right? And I think he's shorter than me. Well, yeah. Most actors are uh, shorter, right? So, yes, yes. I mean, most, but, most actors are playing the role of someone who did not look as good as they looked in real life. Like, that's... That's true. That, you know, that's, they're, they're always getting a little bit of extra oomph from the people that play them. So, what, so Walter, you're saying Matt Damon's an upgrade over me? Yes, definitely. Absolutely. <laughs> and as is Bradley Cooper, from a looks I would agree. standpoint. Not personality. Not personality, Scott. Just, just the looks. That's all that's important it, in Hollywood and movies is the looks part. So don't worry about it. And definitely the Arnold Schwarzenegger's an upgrade, too. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> in his prime. In in his prime, though. Yeah, that's yes. right. Hey, it, that's okay. We can admit that we, uh, we, we, we know our flaws or we know our, uh, we know our weaknesses or just the areas where that aren't our strengths. How about that? Maybe that's the best then, way to put it. That's right. I mean, wait, who's the – I kind of look like a taller version of, uh, well, without all the hair. Uh, that Zach Galifianakis guy. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be honest. That's who would play. That's who would play us for sure. Yeah, we. I fancy myself a Bradley Cooper. I'm really a Zach Galifianakis. <laughs> hey, I nice. like to think I'm I'm funny like him though too. That's right. Yeah, you make it make up for it a little bit. Um, <laughs> but that that's probably better self awareness, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and who's the uh, Seth Rogen? He's the other. You know, not not the, quite your typical uh, sexy. Hollywood, um, yes, yes, persona, I, I, but but funny at least. He's yeah. funny. We'd Absolutely. be played by comedians. You're probably right. Not the, yes. not these good looking guys. Yeah, funny. <laughs> All right, very good. Uh, let's get on to Olivia's question, and uh, it's a good one. I'm looking forward to your response here. It's time for the mailbag. We want to hear from you. You can submit your own question by going to skyboxfinancialgroup.com. And we have this one from Olivia. Olivia says, Scott, I just paid my last tuition payment, so my kids are officially off the payroll. Is it now safe to cancel my life insurance at this point? Olivia, I am very happy for you, and I'm also very envious because I have not paid my last tuition payment yet. <laughs> You've got a few still rolling through. Yeah, that 14-year-old. i got a ways to go with that one. Um, but, no, that that's fantastic. And, and as far as whether you should cash your life insurance, you know, that's kind of a loaded question. I, Olivia, I don't have a bunch of information about you and your situation, but let me kind of give you some hypotheticals and things to think about is that – Okay, if if you had that insurance to make sure that those children's college was paid for and you had no other use for it, maybe that might make sense. But you could also translate that policy into other different things. Is your house paid off? Would it take care of the house? What about taxes on your retirement plan when you pass away? Or you can even take that life insurance if if it's a a, a whole life or universal or variable or something that has cash value in it you might be able to transition that into a long-term care policy and give yourself long-term care coverage. 
So I wouldn't just you know tell you to cancel it without knowing the details, term, permanent insurance, you know, and your whole other situation. But those are types of things you should think about other uses for it, especially if maybe if that life insurance is paid off. Well, it's a great question, Olivia, and it brings up a great point because sometimes this conversation just goes really deep. You know, do I need life insurance at all in retirement? What role can it still play for people? And I know that that's something that you probably dive into with a lot of people whenever they come in to meet with you, Scott, whether it's on the heels of getting someone off the payroll or from some other angle. Um, always interesting to hear that part of the discussion when it comes to planning for your financial future. So. You know, every time we have someone come into the office and we do our worry-free retirement blueprint, we have one meeting that's specifically designed for risk management. So we talk about, you know, insurance, what do you need? Do we have to fill income gaps? You know, and then we talk about nursing home. How are we going to pay for that? Because these are, again, you know, like we did in our last episode, uh, you know, these are things people don't think of and they don't think about and something they could miss. So... I wish you luck, Olivia, and if you want to give us a you know, holler, we'll be more than happy to guide you in the right direction. And again, that way to reach out to Scott is by calling 888-742-0111. That's 888-742-0111. Or online at talktoscott.com. And all that's in the description of today's show. For Scott Searles, I'm Walter Storholt. Thanks for joining us, everybody. And we will see you next time on the Retirement Toolbox. Go Guardians. Investment advisory services provided by Skybox Asset Management, LLC.